Welcome to Surviving Motherhood with Chris and Rachel. We're talking about all things parenting, the mishaps, the struggles, and maybe even some motivation. Grab your coffee or wine and join us for some real talk. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Surviving Motherhood, the podcast where we discuss all things motherhood. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Julie and we are talking to her today about special needs children and her own experience with having a special needs child and we're so excited to get to chat with you today, Julie. Hi. Um, we also have an interesting story about how Chris and Julie knew, know each other. So, Chris, go ahead and give them all that, all those details. Okay, so um, nine years ago, whenever Zach and I got married, we went on our honeymoon. And when you're on a honeymoon, they, like, seat you kind of with people that are on their honeymoon. They try to, like, so that you can meet people. On a people. cruise. Did you on a cruise. cruise? Did I say cruise? I don't know. I don't know, but it sounded, the idea of it sounded funny. With it not being on a cruise. Okay, on a cruise, basically. So we sit down, and there's three other couples, and two of them, I'm like, where are y'all from? And they both say Canada. And I was like, do y'all know each other? (laughs) I was like, oh, my word, Canada is a whole country. Chris has trouble with geography. We're just going to go ahead and be honest with that. So in my mind, like, my mind was blown. I've never known a Canadian, so Julia is from Canada. Yes, my mind was blown, too, because those, that other couple from Canada lives one hour away from us, and we're actually still friends to this day. So crazy. I think Chris thought you guys maybe lived in the same neighborhood, though. (laughs) (laughs) Canada is a lot bigger than you think. Yeah. Canadians I didn't know she's she's lived in small town Arkansas (laughs) she struggles with the whole how big the world is that's adorable (laughs) (laughs) okay Julie so we want to hear a little bit about you and your kiddos and especially about Jasmine yes yes um well um I have three little kids Uh, Jasmine is eight years old she is she has autism spectrum disorder I have two younger sons, so one is six and one is four. So that's, yeah, if my math's correct, that's three in total. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we had kids um, pretty young, like right off the bat. um, We met Chris on our honeymoon, and Jasmine was a honeymoon baby. So... I was there she, when Jasmine was conceived. <laughs> so far away. I mean, I yep, guess we're on the yep. same ship, so. Yeah. Yep, definitely. That, you were there for that. <laughs> that hilarious. That is too funny. So, tell so, us a little bit about um, Jasmine's diagnosis and kind of how you um, got to that point. I know that a lot of uh, special needs moms talk about getting a diagnosis for their children can be difficult and kind of what your path was to that. So basically it all started, like we started noticing things um, around age one when she wasn't playing with things um, like other typical children were and she wasn't speaking and she wasn't walking but you know at that point we were just like she's a late bloomer no big deal we weren't concerned it wasn't until um, I don't know if you have this in the U.S. but in Canada we have an 18 month 
checkup at the doctors where they do ask a series of questions geared towards autism. And basically they ask questions like, can she stack blocks? Does she push like a toy car? Does she go upstairs like one step at a time? And things like that. And we answered no to everything. And that's when we got sent to a specialist. And that's what started the whole process. Um, they sent us to a communication center uh, with a psychologist and a psychiatrist and a clinician and like all those types of things I had no idea about beforehand. Yeah. And it was about, I want to say about a year and a half process of actually getting her diagnosis. And you said she wasn't walking or was she? She was. By 18 months, she was. Um, she started walking around 14, 15 months, which, which is I really mean, not, yeah, not yeah. outside the spectrum of normal. Exactly. But with the added not speaking and not playing properly with like the added things um, made them think something was up. Yes. So, I mean, we were taken care of like amazingly and, and the process was, was long, but smooth. And uh, eventually we did get a diagnosis for her of PDDNOS, which is uh, um, pervasive. I, oh my gosh. I'm not even going to remember what this is now. I haven't heard it in a long time. It's like, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm impressed I um, remember the letter. Developmental yeah. disorder is... Exactly. Pervasive developmental disorder. disorder. Not otherwise specified. That's what it is. Right, Thank you right, for that. Right, right, right. So basically, uh, that that's a way... I was... Um, I have an early childhood degree and I use it very rarely now that I'm not teaching, but basically with that kind of diagnosis, they're giving you a way to get services without really telling you exactly what's wrong kind of type thing. Is that? Yes, exactly. Because she was social, she had social smiles and she made eye contact. They, that's the only piece that was making her not fully autistic. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the, diag- the the trick is with the diagnosis of autism, you get so many more services. So around the time that Jasmine was diagnosed, they changed the criteria. And mm-hmm. that, I don't know if you know that, but they did, they changed the criteria of the spectrum. And that was right around the time that Jasmine was diagnosed. So about a month after she was diagnosed, it was moved up to an autism spectrum disorder. Okay, so they kind of broadened, they, they opened the umbrella a little bit, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. They changed the criteria. Yeah. Okay. So my question, um, as a mom of not special needs kids, do you prefer that a mom like walks up to you and asks questions? Do you prefer that, you know, we just pretend nothing is, is different or how, how does that work? Um, for just like onlookers, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, just no judgment open-mindedness um like if we're in a restaurant I mean autism is uh, becoming a big thing now so a lot of people know about it so I mean back in the day you might she might be making loud strange noises to you and we might get some looks but typically people don't usually approach and and be like hey what's up so um but for yeah for people who like know you 
like family members or friends that know your child, um, the best way to approach any questions is just open-mindedness and be open to the answers. Um, like uh, some people do, they'll come up to you and be, and be like, um, oh my God, she doesn't even look autistic. And it's like, uh oh my god uh, yeah like, what do you, how, how does that look thank yeah, you and what do you as a parent what do you even how do you even respond to that yeah we got a that was the number one thing we got when she was younger because I mean yeah she looks normal like what is an autistic person supposed to look like there's no right. physical features no. that so she, she's just normal and they would be like yeah. oh really she doesn't look <laughs> it at all and it's like uh <laughs> what is I guess yeah. what I'm talking about is like, you know, if your kid will say like, hey, mom, why is, why is she doing that? Or something where, you know, the other mom can hear you. Oh, okay. Like what, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you just, yeah. should I be like, be quiet, be quiet. Or, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. What, what, yeah, <laughs> how do you feel like the best way to approach it with, an, with a, another child? Um, that for me personally, I just talk to them openly and I just say, well, you know how you learned how to speak? Well, Jasmine just hasn't learned yet. She learns a little bit slower than other kids and she'll get there. And I try to help her. If she tries to talk to another child, I'll try to help their conversation along yeah. because like at this point at age eight, she is starting to speak a bit and, and tell us about her feelings and and sentences and stuff are starting to come now and right. I'll help her with like other parents like um yeah I understand what you're saying they'll be like Shh, don't 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 do that but no it's just like children are curious and you might as well teach them about it so right. yeah so there's a we're at, I got a few books um there's a few books out there for child based towards children about autistic kids and I oh, think you'll have to tell yeah. us how we can link them we, on the website, we'll be able to link the books. Yeah, they're they're helpful. I mean, might as well. Like, there's a lot of autistic kids now, and there's almost like one in every. Not, I don't know if every class, but there's a lot of them, and so kids are starting to notice, and they're just curious. I don't take any offense to it personally. Um, if you have any questions, like I'm always open to answer questions for people. Yes, my Griffin actually has an autistic kid in his first grade class this year. So we're yeah. kind of approaching all of the, you know, he'll ask me certain questions and I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure, but we'll, we'll look that up or, you know, I try to, yeah, you know, he, just, he, he asked with the best heart. He's never, you know, like, yeah, he's just genuinely curious. Yeah. At birthday parties and stuff, children will come up to her or me and be like, why isn't she talking? Why doesn't she want to play? And I'll just explain to them, well, she's still learning. She's still learning. She's a little bit, she's a little bit behind. She's learning in a different way than you are, but she's just not there yet. And they yeah. just run along and play and they're like, okay, sure. Yeah. Kids yeah. usually accept whatever answer you give. They're just like, okay. Um, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I have a question. What do you wish moms that don't have specifically kids with special needs knew about moms that do have kids with special needs? Like, is there, is there something you wish you that more people knew or anything like that? Um, just every, with the autism spectrum disorder, every, every child is so different. So um, yes. some, some are more capable than others. And it just honestly keeping a, an open mind and 
and just not like having absolutely no judgment and you have to just let the kid kind of guide the way Mm because it's it's so different but they're their own people so like don't talk I guess what I, I would pick would be to not talk about them in front of them, like as if they're not there. Because that's such a good point. That is such a good point. She might not be able to speak um, what she wants to say, but you never know what she can take in, what she's taking in. So like you always be certain if the child is around, um, include them in the conversation instead of talking about them. That's like probably the biggest one that I would I would pick for for other moms to know is it's she's just uh, she's just a little bit different. That's all she yeah. she can hear you. She can process what you're saying. We don't know how much because she can't output it, but we don't you don't want to make her feel like excluded or anything like that. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Really and, good. and something you know we wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily know if you're not familiar with that child. So I think that that's a great point. Yeah, the other day I saw, um, I follow a mom who has a little girl with um, cerebral palsy. Is that how you say that? Cerebral palsy. And um, she was talking about how if you don't need the handicapped bathroom stall, don't use it. And like, that's something I had never thought about, you know, Mm -hmm. like I had just never processed like. Because she, her daughter has a walker and everything. Yes, yes. So I just, like, if if that one's open, I just always go to it. Because you're shoving four kids in there with you. (laughs) I just never, you know, it's just those kind of things that, like, until it's brought to your attention, you just don't think about if it doesn't affect your daily life. Yeah, it's not out of malice or, you know, trying to mess up somebody else's day. It's just out of, you know, just not being familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, not purposeful ignorance, though. Right. We all do it, but now we shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, now I know better. Now, if you choose yeah. to do it, it, yeah, now it is out of ignorance by choice. Yes, yes. Okay, so what challenges or victories come with Jasmine, like having the brothers who don't have special needs? Like, do you have, do you feel like you have to treat, you know, like treating them or just anything that, do you feel like you can't celebrate a victory too much or too, you know, anything that, that makes that a struggle? Um, I don't personally, I don't approach it that way at all. I treat every single one of them the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Jasmine doesn't get special treatment. Um, she's autistic, but if she's being a brat, she's being a brat (laughs) and she, she knows she, what she can get away with. And, uh, so, Like I treat them all the same and I reward all their accomplishments the same. I try my hardest to keep it all even and equal. Um, Sometimes I do need to spend more time with Jasmine, but sometimes I do need to spend more time with the boys too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I have four and, you know, different days. You have to just treat them differently. Well, sometimes they just need different things as far as like, and I'm sure that that's probably the biggest thing with um jasmine is just um giving her what she needs at the time she needs it kind of type situation exactly and you know um yeah you asked uh, challenges and victories so i'm going to say with with victories it's that my boys are growing up to be much more empathetic children they are amazing with her and like my little one the four-year-old i mean he's still kind of standoffish and doesn't quite understand her he's getting there yeah. but with seeing yeah my, my six-year-old who's had more time with her 
he he understands and sometimes he'll come out and be like Malik it's not it's she's not being mean to you she, it's just her autism yeah, yeah that's and so like, he's trying to like explain it to him and they're very kind and with her and they understand like sometimes she'll just like she just does repetitive um, dialogue. So like, she'll just be like, if she wants my attention, Wasim hurt me, Wasim hurt my finger, Wasim hurt my toe. And it's like, Wasim did nothing. And Wasim at this point, he used to get upset, but at this point he's like, oh, I did not mom. It wasn't me. Yeah. She's just saying that again. <laughs> That's like, so cute. Yeah, they're kind of getting used to it. And now there's a little girl in Wasim's class who doesn't speak very much and he's reached out to her and he's become her friend. And Aww, how sweet. Yeah, I feel like it's just making them more empathetic and thinking about others. And it's, it's going to make them very special boys because they're yes. growing, growing up with her and kind of having to understand a different way. And uh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's kind of cool. That Very is, cool. That's awesome. I feel like we overlook a lot of that emotional um, sensitivity in boys as far as when we're guiding them as they're growing up. We spend a lot of time on the other stuff. But, man, those boys need to learn how to be empathetic just as much as anybody else. <laughs> yes, exactly. <clears throat> they know everybody's different. So, and, and, like, they yeah. just her so well. Yeah. So what's been your biggest personal struggle in your parenting journey? Um, in my parenting journey, I would say, like in general, I would say staying positive has been a struggle. Um, I was kind of brought up in a, like with, like in a negative space, I guess, like things were focused on more more the negative was focused on than the positive so I kind of was raised with that mindset and I think everybody struggles with that but um staying positive and focusing on the little victories are a big deal um sometimes you know you get you get a little depressed and I think every mother can relate to this but um when you through the grieving when you go through the diagnosis process they tell you that you have to go through a grieving process of the child that you thought you were going to have. So there yeah. are like bouts of thing of depression where you're just like, um, well, I shouldn't say like hardcore depression. I should just say like down days where you're just yeah. like, oh, I wish she didn't have to struggle so hard, but I need to focus on the positive and it's tough, but I really strive to, to focus on the positive things and be like, no, she, you know, the, the positive thing about her, being autistic is that she doesn't know how to be anything else but herself and that that's empowering and so like I've also learned a lot from my daughter being autistic and just got to stay on that positive positive uh thought process right that's good that's really good okay so how can we best support moms with of kids with special needs um, I think the best way that you could support moms is um, just to help them without having them without having them ask you because it's yeah. so hard um, to ask for help. And I think I think everybody struggles with asking for help. And like sometimes you need help, sometimes you need a break, and sometimes with a special needs child, um, you kind of feel like you don't want to burden anybody because you know how to care for them the best. You know 
when they need what they need and if they need quiet time and if they need like deep pressure or like occupational therapy type things, like you know what to do because you're mom, but sometimes you need those nights away. So babysit for them as much as you can. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm sure without acting like it's too difficult for you, because that's the worst thing is when somebody asks to babysit, you know, even my kids and then acts like, oh, but is he going to sleep? Is he going to do this? And I'm like, you wait, you said you were going to babysit. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just deal with it. You're not good. They're not going to die in a day. Just deal with it. (laughs) Let me go out and just watch them without complaint. I've had a few babysitters that have done that to me and I haven't asked them back because I'm like, don't yeah. make me feel guilty. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a second. That, that doesn't help if I'm stressed the whole night about whether my kids are being good or not for you. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So now we have a couple of just mom questions. that we ask all of our guests with kiddos. Um, my first one is what is your biggest mom thing? Which is basically what's your biggest mom worry? Are you a sunscreenaholic? <laughs> Do you <laughs> always put their helmets on them? Do you stress uh, about strict routines or what, what's your biggest mom worry? Um, I actually don't put sunscreen on my kids at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you're tan enough. Do they have sun in Canada? No. Sometimes. Sometimes we have sun. (laughs) (laughs) I have Portuguese Lebanese children. They don't need sunscreen. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely not your mom worry. No, but like I would say my biggest mom worry would be um water water parks because when I'm at a water park with my free range children, I just see death everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I am just go on a cruise ever. Oh yeah. They'll get to go. (laughs) We have to do that Disney cruise. So we'll go. Yeah, We're going to attempt to take ours in May on a cruise. Oh, good luck. (laughs) So we'll have, Seven, we'll have six kids, seven and under, on a cruise. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that <was> crazy. <laughs> okay, so my question is, how do you relax at the end of a long day? Uh, at the end of a day, my favorite thing to do, and basically what gets me through the day most days, is just knowing that I'm going to spend the night with my husband. So Aww. sitting on the couch, watching TV or a movie or working on a hobby or a project, just knowing that I'm going to end my night with him and the kids asleep in bed is like what I look forward to all day long. That's so sweet. And I was there at the beginning. (laughs) Are you trying to take credit for some of that or something? A little bit. I mean, I'm proud that everyone, everyone on the cruise at our table is still married. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive in today's world. There's a lot of boys between us, and I have the only girl. <laughs> yes, she does. Is that, that is not crazy? So crazy. I know. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, let's think. There's two, four. There's eight boys and one girl. That's right. That's wow. a lot of boys. Yep. Yeah. Well, you had most of them. <laughs> that is. Uh, there's only. Two you had half of them. Yeah. Yeah, you had half of them. I took two. <laughs> Whitby took two. that's hilarious so what what would be your best mom tip to give new moms um 
My best mom tip would be, and I tell this to all my friends that are having babies, is to not take people's advice too much to heart and okay. to trust and follow your gut. Yeah. Because a new mom, you, you know what to do. You're connected to that child and you know what to do. Like with Jasmine, when she was about six hours old, I was taking a nap and she was sleeping beside me. I woke up out of the blue and she was blue and I grabbed her and I did CPR on her and she was fine. She spit up some mucus and she was fine. But that connection is so real that wow. like you don't need people's advice. If you like, you just know when, when you know what's up with your baby. So mm -hmm. trust your gut. That's my biggest advice is trust your gut and uh, take people's advice as much as you want, but don't, don't take it too much to heart. You, yeah. you do, you do what's right for your family and your child. That's so good. And that makes so much sense. We so, especially with the days of Google, like we spend so much time worrying about what other people have done and said and will do and what they think we should do that there, we need to get back in touch with our mom intuition some. Exactly. I mean, half the things that your mom's going to teach you isn't like proper anymore like yeah. to, to today's standards <laughs> That's like, so true. my mom everything my mom's like well you slept on your stomach well you ate this well you did yeah. this I'm like okay well you're not supposed to <laughs> I breastfed in the car with no seatbelt you were fine yeah yes. yep I just threw you in the back and said lay down <laughs> exactly Oh, well, that, it's, it's been, this is an awesome interview. Do you have anything that you want to add or anything that you think we missed or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll finish on just the note of like aut autism is becoming way more known in this world today. There's like way more cases coming out and I just, just everybody keep an open mind and be non-judgmental if you see a child in public acting weird it's or screaming or having a fit it might not be a brat it might be a meltdown you never know so just don't judge don't stare even like I've had a few people come up to me and be like it's okay you're doing a good job and strangers while I'm free while Jasmine's having a meltdown in a store and oh. it's those words help you and so instead yeah. of like being like oh look at that brat over there just be like just give a nod or something polite and nice it'll mm -hmm. it'll mean a lot more than you think yeah encouragement goes a long way with moms yeah and even and sometimes you know I've really thought about it lately I have my second child is I guess I would say spirited and like <laughs> sometimes I, I there's just no level of control you can have unless you're holding your hand over his mouth <laughs> so so I just, I mean, you know, special needs, no special needs, any situation. I think all moms could use a little more dose of encouragement and stuff. Absolutely. So I think all around the bend, we could work on that as a culture, as a society, all that good stuff. I can agree. Yeah. Women should be lifting other women up in this, in this world today. And uh, I'm a big believer in that. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Julie, thank you so much. I know that it's probably, you know, not easy to pour your heart out with strangers on <laughs> over the airwaves, but we really appreciate having you on and having your point of view. And I think that our listeners would really um, relate to what you've talked about and we really appreciate it. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. I'm, I'm always open to answer questions and talk about it because it, it, it's my life. So um, thank you so much for having me and letting me speak my piece. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. To the next vacation. <laughs> yes. Counting down. Counting down. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to this week's Surviving Motherhood episode. It was such a joy to have Julie on, and we re- really appreciate her sharing her heart with us. And we are so excited for this Wednesday. We have a big release coming, so make sure you remind yourself to tune in on Wednesday. We'll be reminding you on Instagram, so no worries. But um, come back to Worth It Wednesday. Good luck, Surviving Motherhood. Surviving Motherhood.